it's time, it's time. You hear that banging snare, the nasty guitar. Time to grab a glass, pop a cork, and we'll give you our bourbon thoughts. All right, everybody, welcome back to Bourbon Thoughts. I'm Dustin. I'm Ryan. And today we are sitting here with a bottle of Elijah Craig's Small Batch. Yep, that's uh, we've had a couple of requests for Elijah Craig. We had, I don't know, there's a couple of different varieties. So, you know, they had, I guess in fairness to some of the other price points we've been doing, they have, a, I think, just a regular, I think, $17.89, $17. Um, but I opted to go for the small batch just to be more of a comparison to that, you know, mm-hmm. under 30 above $20, which we consider a value range. At some point, I think we should get around to the, the high teens and, and see what happens with all that. Yeah. Uh, but I thought for the sake of fairness against some of the other things we've liked, uh, Buffalo Trace, uh, Redemption Rye, let's let's check their offering out kind of in that segment and see what they got. Sure, absolutely. So uh, what do we know about this? I don't know much about it. I'm not a huge Elijah Craig fan. I do believe this is a Heaven Hill distillery, so mm-hmm. um, we'll be similar. Or not similar. It doesn't make it similar at all. It's just it's just distilled by the people that make larceny. Um, but it is 94 proof, um, and that's really that's really about all I know. Um, I, I, I don't know why I don't act like I wouldn't like it. I like Heaven Hill Distillery products, mm-hmm. uh, but never been a huge Elijah Craig person, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've actually never had a, an Elijah Craig me either product that I um, that I know of. Uh, Dean on Facebook reached or that out. that I remember. I should yeah. say. <laughs> Dean on Facebook reached out and asked us to uh, to give this a shot. So that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's stupid. That was so unintentional. Um, That's the best part about oh it. Oh my gosh! So let's uh, <laughs> let's give this a shot here. So, how was your week, Ryan? This week was nuts. This week was crazy. This is going to be a uh, this will be an interesting discussion after the tasting for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, let's see. I mean, it's it's pretty. I mean, the bottle the bottle's pretty plain. It's yeah. It's like every other Elijah Craig bottle I've seen. Um, it's minimalistic, I would say, which is nice. Uh, you know, I don't want some big gaudy looking yeah. bottle just sitting in my liquor cabinet, just pulling, you know, attention away from everything else. Because you know, it's, I, I mean, if you're looking at that, it lets you know that it's a twenty-seven dollar bottle. Yeah, for sure. Get a lot of ethanol. Yeah, a lot a of burn bit. right on the nose. Let's hope that uh, that's a little misleading to the to the taste, but we'll see. Sure. Um, under that, it's a little it's a little bit sweet. Some air mixes into it, but man, that that. The alcohol s- smell is definitely. Um, yeah, I can tell you right now, my uh, my affinity for the tingle on the palate is going to be there just from the nose. Would be my guess on this one. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I get a touch of the the standard vanilla caramel underneath all that, but it it takes a while to get past the medicinalness of it. So, yeah. Now on the on the palate, man, um, it's sweet up front, little vanilla, like like it, it it holds true to the smell. See, I was I was about ready to say the opposite. Really? I was I, to me. Well, there's more way more complexity to drinking it than than the nose. The nose is very ethanol. You have to really smell several times to mm-hmm. get anything past that, but. There actually has a little bit of flavor mm-hmm. in this compared to, I mean, I, I honestly thought this is going to be whatever, run-of-the-mill, mm-hmm. an overpriced, should be a $20 bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's not too hot. Um, it's really well-rounded. Um, so what I mean is sometimes when you take a drink of something, it's it's way too hot, way too much alcohol, yeah. or it just kind of you you can feel it almost evaporate in your mouth. And then some of them, it's like you're just drinking a spiked sweet tea. Um, whereas this, I feel like it it gives you what you would expect in drinking a bourbon. It's I would say that it's balanced. It's well rounded. Mm-hmm. There is, I guess for me, I would call it more of an oak finish to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, kind of. It surprised me almost. I don't, I don't know if you saw my face. I've never had this before. But yeah, when I when I got to the finish, I was uh, I was shocked that all of a sudden there was this oak flavor there that that I just did not pick up 
in fairness, I'm I've been sawing some trees all day and been outside, so I'm not sure if my olfactory senses are at its keenest potential. But uh, it's definitely different to me. I mean, the finish. There's a finish in here that I don't get in the nose at all. Yeah. Even going back and smelling it, I don't get. And I think what I like about the finish on this, you know, even after my first sip, you know, it's still, I'm still getting it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, got some longevity it's to it. It's an extra super long finish. Um, this is not something I think you could take a shot of and just sit back and be cool. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like, you'd be kind of riding the lightning for a minute. But, oh, like, yeah. uh, with yeah. if you're just going to put something on ice and sip it and... I'm, yeah, calm, this is you know. this could get interesting on ice. Um, for the money, not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just got that that finish is different now. It's a pleasant change. Yeah, it's. It, I will say it is. It's lingering with me a little bit, yeah. so it gives me some of the the worries that if I drink a lot of this and like after a meal or something like that, you'd have rot gut. Oh, well, 100%. it's going to be the, I'm going to be finished with it at like 10 o'clock and I'm going to be like dying and yeah, like consuming Tums like sweet tarts at oh, like yeah. 1030. Yeah. You, they, if you drank a lot of this, I feel like you'd be sick and, but it's not a bad thing. I feel like with this, with the complexity of the flavor, it's almost intended to be that way. It's good. I mean, yeah, there's, there's way more for me, way more emphasis on the finish than anything, I mean, it almost is like, man, eh, it's okay on the nose, whatever. It's indifferent. Um, you get it in the palate. It's actually not. I would from that nose. I thought, man, this is going to be tingly. Uh, granted, it is only ninety four proof, but it's going to be tingly. I assumed I was going to get you know some more mouthfeel, um, you know, back of the lips, all that fun stuff. Some mouthfeel. Mouthfeel, yeah, a little little palate chew. You ever seen the the show Last Man on Earth? No. Oh man, it's got a bunch of the old SNL crew on it, um, and that's one thing they t- they're like raiding grocery stores, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we got some of this, uh, you know, like spray cheese with macaroni noodles for mouthfeel." Like, it's just it's a stupid show. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'm gonna try it on a little bit of ice here. For the record, for those that oh wow that hear the uh, that hear the cork frequently in the pod, we actually when we taste, we taste neat as we've told you before, and. Really, you know, we don't we don't fill this thing up. It's really no, just it's, like a glorified it's a shot. It's yeah. a taster. So, um, for those of you who are worried about our health or any sort of disease that starts with an A that we... We're being have. responsible. Yeah, kind of. Mm. Mm. I would say with ice, it opens up the flavor a little more on the palate. It allows you to taste more of that complexity that you would get before that might have been overpowered by the Whoa. finish. Yeah, that I mean, it's the it's amazing to me in general just how a, a ice or touch of water changes mm-hmm. the flavor. So for that, it cools the back end for me quite a bit, and it shoves some of those flavors a little bit forward. So I'm getting more forward yeah. in the sip than what I was before just drinking it. It, it totally puts a stop halt on the finish though. Yeah, which for some people, you know, they don't like that hot finish. They don't like that feeling of you know, and I mean, I maybe had a half a shot of this so far. Yeah, and you know, I was already feeling it in my gut. This is completely different for me on ice. Yeah, uh, and that's see, that's what I said earlier. I, I think like this is more of a just a, a sipping bourbon. Like you're gonna sure. put well for put this on ice. Um, oh, oh, we're gonna. <laughs> There it is. Let's not cut that. <laughs> uh, you know, you can put this on ice. Coming in hot. I would like to try this in a mixed drink. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it loses. Sorry, I talk and drink because I'm trying to make sure that it's, it's... It's a bourbon podcast. They expect it. Yeah. We'll uh, put it, in silly sound effects. It, 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 uh, it loses a little bit of that. It doesn't lose a little bit. It loses a lot of that finish and some of the character to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've kind of done different things. Like we're trying this in a in one big one big cube so it doesn't water down as much. So that actually would worry me if you just had it with regular ice. I mean, I think no. it would it would lose a lot of um it just smooths out the character of it too much, I think. So I would almost say 
I would be 50-50 on drinking this neater on the rocks, to be honest. Yeah, with I would I would just chalk it up to the preference of whoever was yeah. whoever like if you buy a bottle, what I would suggest try it neat first and then experiment. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure You I, know your palate better than we do cuz we don't even know who you are. Exactly. Nor do you know who we are. They do. At this point. Not exactly. They might know me by my Reddit name. Yeah. Easy Tendies, but <laughs> Oh, oh just kidding. Um, no, I think if you if you like a longer finish, drink it neat. Mm-hmm. If you want to smooth it out, uh, and honestly, as a as a sipper, you throw a cube in that. That's a sipper mm-hmm. easily. It's it, the the more the the ice melts, the more you add water. I think it pulls out the sweetness that you would get from just from the mash and from the from the oak barrels. Um, it's an interesting drink. Yeah, and I mean, I know, again, same distiller doesn't mean everything's the same, um, but d- totally different from what I remember of Larceny, and if I go way back, uh, I think Henry McKenna, to me, because it was 100 proof, had a little bit of that heat to it. I remember that when I was drinking it, thinking, oh, it's got a, it's, you know, it's just a touch warm. Uh, again, it was 100 proof, so it should be a little bit, I mean, not that big a deal. But um, yeah, I've not bad, not bad at all. Not so, at all. Let me. Uh, as far as we're going, this is almost straight up medium dark amber on mm-hmm. as far as the color scale. So yeah, let's throw some numbers on this bad boy. Yeah. Um. So let's see. On the nose, I would give it. Man, I'm gonna give it a two on the nose. I I would agree. It's a. Oh whoa! We got glasses chinking and everything over here. I would say. I might say two and a half. It, I if if it would have had a touch more of that oak, if mm-hmm. we can remember way back when when we did the double oak woofer, that was it was a front, right? There. Yeah, well, yeah. it should be. It's it's double, it's a oak. double oak. Yeah, uh, but if it would have had just a little bit of that, I yeah. think it would have would have been better for me. So for I'm, me, I I just can't I'm, get past the ethanol. Uh, yeah, I can't get past that. Just that alcohol. Well, it makes you not want to keep breathing. I mean, it makes you want to be like, oh, I don't want to keep doing this because I'm going to pass out. Like, well, and you know that's the thing is is when we get this, we're sitting here with these these Glencairn glasses, and it's like our nose is in it. Oh yeah, you know, and you know it's just huffing straight, yeah, <laughs> straight alcohol. Just just like Jim did with mono glue back little, in the day. It's <laughs> a little bit left in there. <laughs> oh, we got a straggler. Oh, uh, um, palette. This is for me. Mm-hmm. Completely different with and with without uh, a cube, mm-hmm. but again we're doing all these neat. So for a palate, I think it gets a little better than the nose. So I'll give it a a three for me, but it's it wasn't fantastic. See, I'd give it a three and a half on the palate just because that's my taste. I mean, sure, yeah, absolutely. And then like this has got to have just a, a really high mash bill. Um, then for finish. I thought it had a, a a surprising finish. I don't like I said. I don't know if you saw my face when I tasted it, but I was I did a little side eye like, oh wait, what what's that coming here? Yeah, I didn't I didn't expect that. Uh, so I would I would probably go three and a half. I mm-hmm. think as I stated earlier, for me it just progressively gets better from nose to finish. Yeah. So I'll meet you there at a three and a half. Yeah. Okay. Availability. I. I I've seen it everywhere. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's about everywhere. I, I would say that it's not not your uh, Jim Jacker makers, but it's right underneath it. So I would say probably four and a half. Four, four, yeah. four and a half. Four, four and a half, your call. I give it a four. Cause, I mean, there might be some places that don't have Elijah Craig. That Yeah, they just don't have Heaven Hill Distillery products. Um, and then... Isn't this what they drank on, like, Supernatural? Didn't they drink Craig? I have no idea. Uh, Then we got the value, which, according to the scale, obviously is going to be a five at 27 bucks. Yeah. So. So, what do we got here? So, I'm coming in at a Mm 3.6. You are going to come in here at numbers that I can't add them. That quickly. At a 3.8, 3.6, that puts the bourbon thoughts rating squarely at 3.7. Mm. So if we look on our big board over here, um, 
Just as a, a recap, you have four rows of small batch select at 3.9 because Dustin was stingy with points that day. Uh, Redemption Dry at 4.0. Buffalo Trace at 3.0. Larceny Weeded at 4.1. Uh, Woodruff Double Oaked at 4. And this will come in at 3.7. So, yeah, not, not last. Buffalo Trace holding down the, that solid <laughs> C student. What do I got to do to play coach average? And then... Uh, and then this right above it, so which I think is fair. Um, you know, value proposition wise, again, I'll say it. I, I literally just, I guess I can clear this up if if you're following along. We talked about uh, having the redemption rye as an old fashioned. Uh, so I instead of using regular regular cubes, I dropped a big cube in it and made an old fashioned or two or so uh, this this weekend or and. Uh, <laughs> And I, it, it is a tasty, old, it, it, the it, cooling it and watering it down, obviously with the big cube versus a small cube is the difference. So, uh, keeping, keeping the big cube and keeping that heavily rye flavor in your old fashioned was, was very delicious. So, yeah. um, but you know, still I picked that up, uh, thanks to a, a text from my buddy Dustin over here uh, on the Ohio side for 23 bucks. Um, and that's just hard to beat. Oh yeah, twenty three bucks. Absolutely, hard to beat. They're gonna end up sponsoring us before this is over. Right. They're gonna have to. I just want to go like tour their distillery at this point. So, uh, I got some friends up that way. We can go to we can go to Indianapolis. So no, that's. But anyway, back to this Elijah Craig small batch. Yeah, pretty decent. Um, one of the things I had seen, and I don't know how true it is, and I've seen this in some of the other Evan Williams products, is that the. And we'll get to that when we kind of do maybe some, I don't want to say lower tier, but maybe some things that are better suited for mixing, could sip if you had to, but, you know, in that probably 18, 17 to 20 range. So we're going to move from your liquor cabinet to mine, is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not what I'm saying. I need like, I need like 10, 15 bottles in there and I'm not buying 10, 15, $60 bottles. It's it's just over time. You just get them together over time. Um, <laughs> My wife will kill me. So, I am interested because I believe some people act like the the ten dollars is not worth it for the small batch versus just a straight uh, seventeen eighty nine. So, that would be a neat comparison. Um, it, it, and I know there's a difference for the Evan Williams. I I prefer the white label bottled and bond, and it's pretty cheap. Um, but like as a mixer, it is it is hard hard value to, to beat. So mm -hmm. I'm actually excited about about doing that. We need to do that sometime soon. But trying to get all the like the maybe sub twenty one bottles, and if we want to throw the staples of uh, Jack and Jim and Makers in there, um, and then some of these other brands of like the Evan Williams, the Elijah Craig seventeen eighty nine, kind of see you know hey if if you're having the boys over. If you're doing, yeah. if you're launching your big uh, MLM and you're having the boys over for barbecue <laughs> and you have to go buy, you know, a bottle or two of a whiskey, what's the best you can buy, you know, for the money type of thing? Oh, yeah. So it, when we do poker, what am I buying? Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What, are, what are you willing to let people drink? Man, that's a good question. I think it says a lot about you and your guest. It definitely says a lot about the guest. So, so I had, a, I had a, a guy over the other night. And I said, hey, I got some bourbon. And I pulled out some Ezra. Ooh. It was, I mean, it smelled like leather and tasted like rubbing alcohol. It, he couldn't finish it. But I knew if I'd have poured like a, you know, an expensive bottle, he would not have drank it either. So. I mean, it's just got to be someone that's going to appreciate. Uh, yeah, that's it. Appreciate the brown water. I started keeping a bottle of Irish uh, whiskey just for those folks. So, anyway, we're finishing up. 3-7. Cheers. Cheers. That's uh that's Elijah Craig small batch. All right. So you ready to unpack this crazy week? My goodness. Man, we're sitting here Jan 30, 2021. Craziness <laughs> happened this week in the stock market. Just I craziness. I saw this meme this week and it was uh a father and son, and the father was like kind of looking at his son, like almost in a scolding way. And it was like the father said Reddit and the son said parlor. And it goes, see, that's how you start a revolution. 
Oh man, what a dumb meme stock. Dumb That's the best part. Week. And and um, I guess as I alluded, I am on Reddit a touch. Uh, if you go through the the best part to me, not the best part. There's so many good parts to this that, that keeping this under an hour is going to be insane. Uh, but we'll do our best. The most interesting part to me initially, or, or not initially, but looking back, is how mainstream media doesn't get it. No. It, like CNBC, uh, Fox Business, I've been kind of keeping tabs on all those guys just to see what's going on. I mean, at one point, I think it was the Financial Times and possibly CNN, throws out that the Wall Street Bets group on Reddit that's kind of started this whole push through some actual... Some genius. Let's not, I mean, you know, we got, uh, for, there, for the sake of not being explicit, we'll just say, uh, they broke the game. There's one guy with a username that's DFV, and we'll just leave it at that. Uh, you know, someone within there found, you know, a hedge fund Melvin that was just completely over leveraged on shorts to the tune of, at that point, 140% of the stock, which is A, agree, should be illegal. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to sell 40% more stock than what's even there. You shouldn't be able to take it and, and then sell it short. So um, 100%. And let me back up by saying, first of all, I know much about the stock market as I do about bourbon. So the tasting notes you're getting right now or have been getting is what you're going to get for uh, what I know about the stock. Enough to be dangerous. Enough to appreciate it. Uh, enough to dabble in it. Uh, enough not to completely lose all my money, um, b- but I still work for a living, so obviously I don't know that much. But sure. but that dude uh, found, first of all, I mean, if you're looking at the factories, you probably all heard it all. The, the main key is it's, it's actually like a micro cap. It's a small company, uh, not a lot of shares out there, and then it was shorted, over-shorted to a, the tune of 140%. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these guys have found this. Some of them started way back when, but even the guys that found it at four and five bucks uh, and, and buying up crazy shares. And, and the hard part was these guys to stay in. And that's, I mean, if you go on the on the thread, all you see is these diamond hand emojis. Diamond hands, baby. Diamond hands. Um, Hold on to the moon. To think you bought a stock at five and you held it at 50. And then you held it at 100. And then you held it at 200. And then you held it at 300. And then it's made it to, what, 480? And you've held and then it dives to like a buck ten, and you hold thanks to Robin Hood. But anyway, we'll get into that in a second. But you hold, and then it climbs back up and ends on this last Friday at like three thirty, and you hold, knowing that the the short squeeze is going to come at some point. Uh, all the while, you have other companies jumping in and be like, legitimately, Game Stops, uh, $20, $15 stock. So this is obviously going down. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're short selling it now when it's 200, 300, knowing that it's going to go down. Um, it's just insane. I, I think to me, the big disconnect, first of all, from the mainstream media is that they don't understand these people when it comes to, you know, you got all these sophisticated, um, educated folks that don't understand like these dudes, this is a revolution. Mm-hmm. This is emotional. This has zero to do with making money at this point. Like it's, it started with making money and like you know the the comments of, I don't even you don't have to pay me. You can just sign your third yacht over to me and take my shares. You know, mm-hmm. kind of you know doing that thing. And it was funny. There it is a hoot to read. Um, you 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 can't be super sensitive because there's all all kinds of craziness in there. But then that. The Robin Hood thing happens, and then the sentiment turns to, you just try to screw the little guy. I don't care if I go down in flames. You know, a lot of the sentiment is, I have $10,000 to my name from my IRA at work. I'm however old. I don't, I'm poor. I'm not, I'm not a billionaire. I'm not a millionaire. I'm poor. You know, I've, I've broke when I started. I can be broke when I finished. I think the best comment I read this whole week on this thing uh, was a guy saying, listen, if I lose, I lose my Wendy's paycheck. <laughs> if you lose, <laughs> you lose billions. And let's be I'm honest. I'm playing this game. If, if you're working at Wendy's, you're getting free tendies anyway. Oh, so, man. I mean, it's all good. <laughs> all right, so 
for the people like myself who did not understand or do not understand at all what any of this crap means, what anything going on is, is happening, uh, again, all of our information this week is coming from Reddit. Um, so this comment from user Brad or something, I hope he doesn't care we used his, uh, whatever, he's not going to listen to this, did a really good explanation of what's going on. And it goes like this. First of all, how does buying and selling stocks work? So I own an orange factory and I want to raise money for building a new naval orange machine. So I issue orange stock. I make a special orange that you can buy for $1. I issue 1 million oranges and raise $1 million. You now own an orange for every dollar you gave me. That's all you get if you're lucky. I might give you a fraction of how much I make with the new orange machine every year, but you buy the orange share because other people will want it later when my company is big and successful and you can try selling the orange share for more than the original dollar. So then what is short selling? You have 100 of my oranges. I come to you Monday and say, if you loan me those 100 oranges, I'll give you $2 and your oranges back on Friday and you agree. And I go off and sell your oranges for a dollar each. I have $100 and owe you $2 in your oranges back. I hope your oranges will be cheaper by Friday. And if they are only worth 50 cents, I buy 100 oranges and give you, the, give you them and $2 and I'm $48 richer. Then what is a short squeeze? Someone saw me make the deal on oranges and then immediately sell them. They know I have to have 100 oranges on Friday, so they go buy up all the oranges. And on Friday, when I try to buy oranges, they are standing there with a sign that says, Oranges for sale, $20. <laughs> Anyone who wants to sell oranges is selling them there. I have to buy them back for $20 an orange and have now lost $1,900 buying the oranges back, and I still owe you $2. What is stock manipulation? When I buy 100 oranges, go around and talk about how bad oranges are. I tell my friends not to let anyone buy oranges so the demand drops. I go on CNBC and talk about how I bit into a nasty orange and threw up. <laughs> now oranges are 25 cents. How wonderful. I could buy my 100 oranges for $25. My profits are $73. Yep. So that's what's going on. But instead of $100 in oranges, we're playing with... I read an article today that said so far they've lost like $10 billion. 11, I think it's, I saw 11.6, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, uh, and it's, that's a decent, simple synopsis, it can be outrageously complicated, you got. Sure. Um, the best part, though, is, there is this common thread amongst all of Wall Street, that is, the baseline of it is you're greedy, mm-hmm. that making money rules every decision you do. And so they wait them out, right? So it's like, well, whatever. It gets to 100. It gets to 50. That's 10 times the profit. These idiots will sell. Obviously, maybe they have. They just don't get it. But, like, they don't know the demographic who's on Reddit, who the, the retail investor who bought the stock. Um, they don't really take seriously or read through the... I mean, the Reddit threads are... I was up till 2 a.m. last night trying not to wake my wife up crying laughing about some of these they're in i mean i i don't even know if i can say one one is so mean but it's so great like they're, they're they're legitimately good stories it's you start seeing now after the robin hood thing like hey i'm pretty much a child of recession like pretty much since i can remember i was born in 2000 2008 my parents lost this you know blah 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 we bailed the banks out and we screwed the little guy uh and that sentiment carries on uh to the tune where uh, even myself, I was not in on this at all when it was worth getting in on. Mm-hmm. I'm in on this like mid tier, but it's just a, you know what? Yep, I'll grab, I'll grab a, you know, whatever the shares I have, not mm-hmm. very many compared to some, uh, just because I want to be part of the sticking it to the man. You know what? My favorite part about this whole thing is though is reading the stories of people who this has legitimately changed their lives. Oh, there's people who are millionaires now. Yeah. So I well, want... tech time out. You got to pay taxes on. Well, that. not no. It's not only that. You're only millionaires if you share if you sell. Right. The same as you're only losing money if you sell. So they're diamond hands. Right now they have an evaluation in their stock portfolio. That's whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point depending on how this thing plays out, if they can get out in time. If the, the squeeze happens, it'll be crazy, crazy. Yeah. Uh, and as long as they get out in time, 
they'll be millionaires. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen stories, though, of people who have paid off their homes. I've seen stories of people who've paid off student loans. Yep, bought a they've, car. They've paid off medical debt. Yeah. One guy was talking about how he can help his mother pay for cancer treatments. Bunch of stuff donated to St. Jude's. Like, one dude bought a bunch of Nintendo Switches, like mm-hmm. a bunch, and sent them there and just straight up cash going. I mean, the, the Reddit thread in general, there's some, because these people... These people, like, they're different than us. <laughs> we, because we came from nothing. They're a front group, man. They're a front, they're they're a front group, man. Yeah. Uh, because they came from nothing, like, there is no, like, it's just a, this huge windfall, and they're being super generous with it. Unlike... They're uh, a tribe. They're a tribe. Yeah. They they stick to what they're going to say, or they stick to what they're going to do. So they have, they have a mission, and they're sticking to it. Yeah. They're going to see this hedge fund go bankrupt. I, I, yeah, I don't even think honestly. I, after if you read that, and I'm sure, again, it's 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 two different worlds. It's class warfare. It's the hedge fund, the Wall Street elite saying, "What's wrong with these people?" They could, I mean, you had Jim Cramer saying like, "Whatever, it's the bottom of the ninth. You know, you hit a single and you're going to win the game. Take your money and run. You don't need the grand slam." And what they don't get, uh, any of the, the talking heads, for the most part, uh, or, or the folks on Wall Street, is they don't care. No. They don't give a expletive at it, all. It's <laughs> it's that scene from The Dark Knight where the Joker is standing on the yeah. pile of money, and he slides down it and lights it on fire. And he goes, it's not about the money. It's about sending a message. Yeah. And that's it. I think he slaps a guy on the face. Right. But that's to them, that's what this is. It's the, why did you start a fire? Just to see the world burn. Absolutely. And, you know. It, and I, I mean, and I truly, and that's the part, they don't believe, they don't believe people are that way. They believe, every, like them, well, you're going to lose so much money, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, whatever. I was working, I'm working at Wendy's now. Big deal. I'll go back to Wendy's. Mm-hmm. I just know that you're screwed. You know. Well, and I think it, it genuinely comes down to people are sick and tired of the system being rigged. Yeah. Oh. Um, I watched a, a video on YouTube yesterday where a guy was talking about, he goes, you know, like, listen, like people who, you know, who live in a lower class, a lower economic class would be more okay with their lot in life if they knew the system was, was fair and they were, everybody was playing by the same rules. If they knew that, like, listen, like that guy just played the system and he did his thing and and good for him. I'm a little jealous because that's human nature, but, but really that's not it. The system is definitely rigged in such a way that these, these wealthy people can survive on the backs of a million, um, everyday guys. Plebes as they like to call themselves on Reddit. No, I am. (laughs) It is really questioned. Uh, you know, I've, confess to being a quote-unquote capitalist here, but the idea for me is that it was high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. So when I look at people, uh, you know, that I know around here who, who are wealthy, doing well for themselves, whatever, I can look back at different things for the most part, and it might not be them, it could be their parents, but a lot of times it's them, that there was this moment where they started their own business, and so they took everything they owned, you know, and put it on the line, signed it away and mm-hmm. started their business. Um, you know, they had the recession hit, dipped into their own savings to do paychecks. For, I mean, you know, they were risking it all and, you know, shoving everything in and saying, yep, put it on black. And to me, that's the idea of capitalism is that if I want to take that risk, if I'm willing to take that risk and shove it all in and, and throw it on black and spin the wheel, um, you know, there could be a reward where that has just completely got me screwed up right now mm-hmm. is everything that happened with Robin Hood. And I think there are some conventions that happened. Um, I don't know that it's strictly just trying to screw the little guy. But at the same time, all that tells me is when you start hearing all the things, the game isn't fair. No. There's things that uh, hedge funds and, and people deemed uh, to know what they're doing versus the the retail investor and as soon as it starts tipping the other way it seems like well we're coming in because you're going to get burned and you're going to get this and you're going to get that and there's not this freedom for me to do whatever I want to do with this mm-hmm. little bit of money that I've earned um and that is really alarming to me it it, it seems as if there's a cap of yeah whatever you want to go in your own business and you want to 
at the end of the run and you want to retire and sell off your $10 million business, we're cool with that because mm-hmm. it's not going to cost us anything. Because really what happens is you're going to sell your $10 million business to a guy that's going to get a loan that we're going to make the interest off of anyway. So, yeah, mm-hmm. please do. Please do. You're still a plebe, you know. Uh, you might be the head plebe at a $10 million business, but you're still a plebe. This is a situation where they, the hedge funds, did something outrageously stupid and risking 40% over what stocks are even available. So at 140% shorting it. And then someone calls them figuratively and literally with stocks, calls them on it. And then all of a sudden they start trying to to chop the mechanisms that help, whether Robinhood mm-hmm. didn't have access and, and they're still limiting trades and all this. If that's the case, it should be halted. If you know, majority of retail investors had this with Robinhood and it couldn't be traded, the whole stock should have been halted. It just froze until they got... And people have been forthright about what had happened. So it started to change the way I think. I mean, when it... I was very anti... Very anti eat the rich. Like, that makes no sense to me. What's the point? Why would I want to aspire to do anything? You know I mean? Mm-hmm. If the idea is if, if I'm super successful... Um, and I want to start something and I have the means and the ingenuity and I hire the right people and, and literally things just fall my way, you know, you could be the next whomever, mm-hmm. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, you know, Bezos, whoever, pick your guy that were, that were self-made. That wasn't family money, blah, blah, blah. Um, now it seems like even all that could happen. And you still have to get through the almost like a quote paywall uh, mm-hmm. of this elite group, and man, that it's screwing with my mind. Mm-hmm. It literally is like this is jacked up. I mean, like you know, I I had this belief in America and capitalism that, and and, and in fairness, even with the Rob, Robin Hood thing, that's that's not necessarily true or pure capitalist because we have regulations and things involved and some other things that happen, but still. Uh, it makes you wonder, like, mm, it may not. You may not be able to find. You might be the one guy. You may be the the dude who sees the issue and says they're overexposed. Let's take advantage of it. And because you're you're right, and you're the little guy, there still may be mechanisms in place that are only going to let you know the, the upper, the elite uh, succeed and, and crush you, even though. Uh, you were doing the right things, and, and on a level playing field, you should have won. Right. You know, it, it's it's like if if all the rules were fair, mm-hmm. it would be fine. Fair. Um, yeah. Exactly. So imagine imagine you're a kid and you're you're on a playground and you're playing a game of tag, and you come across the kid who he's he's on the field, fell asleep. He sat down, got tired. He's like, whatever, I'm gonna go to sleep. I'm going to relax here. And you tag him. And then all of a sudden, someone comes out and says, you can't do that. That's not fair. I mean, he knew what was going on. He was playing the game. He knew what the what risk he was going to take when he sat down, and he still chose to sit down. That's what I see happening with these these hedge funds right now. I think it's a step further than that. It, well, it is well, a step further. I, think I, it's I try not, to oversimplify Yeah, it's but. not even that. It's that they're already thinking of ways to manipulate this. Right. That's what I've... that That's the part I've already seen, is they're already thinking about, I mean, regulations, and, and they have people, full-time lobbyists, as Robin Hood just tried, tried to hire one, but uh, full-time lobbyists trying to, to get in the ear of the SEC and everyone else to manipulate things that are going to go their way. So it's like playing tag, but you're the guy who's asleep, and you go to tag him, and you're like, well, the rule is anywhere's base. So this this blade of grass right beside me base, because I get to call base whenever I want to. It's like so the, it's te- base. the teacher's your mom. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, it's, you know, it's, it's just so funny to me, though, because did you read the SEC statement on all of this? Mm-hmm. Basically, they said, "Yeah, we're one hundred percent behind retail investors." Um, that's huge, because. But listen, words are cheap. Words are cheap. So saying you're one hundred if the Robin Hood fiasco avoided avoided the squeeze, they're not going to go pay retail investors ten thousand dollars a share. Mm-hmm. 
you know that that's the and that's the problem with the SEC is that the money the money is too great. So, like right now, people believe that that, that people are lying about how much they're actually shorted, and you're not supposed to. That's illegal. But the fine for that doesn't compare to the money that you'll lose. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, slap me on the hands. I'll say, oh no, you know, uh, Melvin, we're we're completely out. You know, we we sold all of our shorts. We're just in longs. We're all good. Um, and that could be 100% not true, and someone will find that out. And they'll be like, well, that's a violation. You broke the law. Whatever. Smack me with 80 grand or, I mean, whatever. It's $800,000, a million dollars. I'm losing $11.2 billion at this mm-hmm. point. It doesn't matter. The money's the money is too great. It, it, so, But see, here's the thing, though, with, with, with that. And maybe we're going to get into this in another podcast. But when you look at those fines and, and the fees and things like that for um, violations of these laws, right? So even if Robin Hood come, it comes down and Robin Hood gets convicted of um, market manipulation and these hedge fund guys get in trouble and things like that, you're right. They're going to pay a fine. When the only punishment for a crime is a fine, then it's only a crime for the everyday person. Because if you have the money to pay for it, it doesn't matter. Sure. You're above the law. You just you, you pay to commit a crime. Yeah, I uh, I completely, completely agree. Um I I don't know. I mean, the the problem with this whole thing is like it again, someone found a weakness of your stupidity. You made a risk. That was way too risky. And let's just be honest. The SEC needs to come back and say, you probably there's a percentage less than 100 you should be able to short, but it, it sure as heck shouldn't be 40% over. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we someone found it out. Someone's putting the screws to you because you took a risk that was stupid. Mm-hmm. And you didn't realize that, hey, these guys can get on. Someone can say, hey, this seems abnormal. Like it checks all the boxes. Microcap, not a lot of shares out there. You're 140% exposed. Even with just a bunch of retail apes from Reddit, we can hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, okay, hey, whatever. Buy this, hold it. Like, there should be no forgiveness for this. There, no. And the manipulations they have between the Good Boy Network, where you had, um, you had, you know, someone come in and give them 2.7 to bail Melvin out to buy. I mean, it's all this, and this is going to happen, right? They're going to take care of their own. Um, it makes it difficult for me, who is uh, oftentimes, because I know small businesses and the business I work in, um, advocate that this $15 an hour, you know, proposed minimum wage is going to be difficult. It's going to be hard, you know, because I'm literally thinking of the little guy. Um, and the small businesses, 10 million, 5 million, mom and pop restaurants, all these, is, it's really going to hurt. I just screw the corporations after all this. Like it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's just so disheartening. I mean, it's so, it, it's just one of those things where I don't know what the balance is, but we have to do something to discourage all these conglomerates from buying and buying and buying and buying and, well, it's and not making just, it bigger. It's not just buying. What it, Because what it is, is, is these guys are not going to take a loss. I mean, they're going to take a loss this time. They're going to take a big loss this time. But up until this point, they're not going to take a loss. So what they're going to do, right? So we go back to our our orange example. They're going to buy the oranges and then talk about how bad oranges are. So they're going to buy GameStop, or they're going to short sell GameStop, and then they're going to devalue the company and drive it into But they don't even have to do that right now because it's so overvalued, let's be honest. I mean, but, but, but I'm saying but they're going to buy it at two, dollars $400 a share. But that was it. their goal. Well, no, that's just their their old crap plan. Let's, I mean, right now. it's You know, originally it was, we they I think at one point it was 2 or 3 bucks. People were shorting it at 2 or 3 bucks, thinking GameStop's going under. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you've, you've had the succession of, you know they're they're buying and shorting the stocks, and I think the percentage has changed to 120 percent now. So they're still 20 percent oversold. Um, so it's just a matter of waiting out. And I guess the one problem with that example is your is that the the oranges aren't due on Friday. It's just that two dollars is due on Friday, and the oranges. But if you want to keep your hundred oranges, that's fine. You just got to buy them at the current but, price. No, not even that. You just have to pay me $2 next week and you can keep your 100 oranges. 
and you keep paying me, but technically for this example, it should be 20 bucks because it's usually 20 to 30%. But mm -hmm. um, you pay me 20 bucks next week, you can keep a, you can keep your 100 oranges. And so you can just keep paying 20 bucks and wait for the winch price to go down and wait for the dude on the stand selling it for 20 bucks to leave. But at some point, you're going to be out of money. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that's kind of, I think, where this somewhat is at now. It's the, I got oranges for 20 bucks. These oranges were due to be recalled and you're supposed to pay me back. But I'm just paying the interest on this, and so it's it's a how long can you have the diamond just, hands and wait? It's just not sustainable. So this is literally, yeah. honestly, what this is at this point is poker. This is the, the retail guys have no idea what's really being held by the hedge fund guys. Did they did they make good when Robin, you know, when they screwed everybody and it dipped down to one ten? Did they get right on their lower shares and take the loss then? Um, could be. It could be, but that's not public knowledge. So no one knows that. So we're holding a hand, they're holding a hand, and we're trying to figure out what they got, you know. Mm -hmm. They literally, if they didn't get right at 110, they could have like, you know, a two of clubs and a three of diamonds, you know, and we're sitting here with the, with the flush draw. Right. Um, but we don't know. So that that's why you're just sitting there holding it. And, you know, the, the part they don't understand, I guess, is that, Desperate people are dangerous, and desperate people do you know desperate things, and so that's you know there are people who will hold this thing till it gets back down to fifteen or twenty bucks, and won't care. But you know I think if you look back to at the same group right, so look let's look at Reddit. What happened twelve years ago with Reddit? Thirteen years ago, right? We had Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. Same group of guys. I mean, probably different ones now, but right. it's the same. It's the same group. Same subculture. So they've had their eyes on Wall Street for over a decade. But it, in fairness, I don't think it started out... I mean, it did in a way that they wanted to make them bleed and all this. But it literally started out as an opportunity of, these guys screwed up. Hey, whoop, hey, I don't know what they did here, but they're betting GameStop crashes. All we have to do is make sure that it doesn't crash and we can make a couple bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, so literally it went from like, you know... I think to me in the beginning it went from this is a solid investment. If you can buy enough that they have to call and buy these back, that's going to suck for them. So we can buy it at five bucks and it might get to ten or twenty. And then there was literally the meme of like a hundred dollars. I'm not selling to a hundred dollars. You know, diamond hands to a hundred dollars. And then all of a sudden it was like this became a a real thing. Like, mm -hmm. and you saw the similar to what you saw with 2008 and the and the VW short well, look squeeze. Look at Dogecoin, right? Yeah. So it started as a, an absolute joke. Yeah. And now it's, I mean, it's accepted in so many places. I had uh, a friend try to get me into that in December, and it was uh, not even a cent yet. Yeah. But yeah. That, that one guy. Yeah, that so, one guy we know. Yeah. I, yeah. Who wouldn't? Yeah. That, that, and that's a whole other. Cryptocurrency is probably a whole other, a whole other podcast that we can get into. But, man, this is this is so big. I mean, this is this is turned into a... A class warfare. Oh, the class! Center. It is the class war. It started, and so and it makes you wonder. Uh, with, and I hate we don't ever typically try to get too political on the podcast, but it makes you wonder. I mean, you're you're not even a full month into the new presidency, um, and it seems as if they're going to take as I think they should as what their platform stood upon, the the party of the working class. The issue is, is that. People donated seven hundred thousand, a million bucks, to their campaign, and so how do you rectify? Like, no one donates something without expectation. Period. Mm -hmm. I mean, period. But you know, here's the here's what I think this has shown is that there's there's more power in four million people giving me a hundred dollars than there is one person giving me four million. Uh, there is more, but, but you see, only with arrogance. That's true, right? So, but, but like what what I'm saying is, these hedge funds and and these guys, they don't realize the sheer volume of angry people they're de dealing with, right? It's it's you're essentially mad at water, so you walk out and stab the sea. Like it's just not going to work. And doesn't even count the people who don't even understand what Reddit's after at this point. I mean, the best thing, honestly, the best thing that's happened, and the worst thing, you may have been able to get the short squeeze to go when Robinhood crashed, mm -hmm. quite honestly, assuming that Melvin covered 
if they didn't, then it's still coming. But in doing so, you enraged people who got out. I mean, there's, I don't know how many posts on Reddit. It's like, hey, not going to lie. I got paper hands at 100 bucks. It, it was money that changed my life. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to come back in for some more shares because what they did was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've initiated, a, you know, a bunch of people. I, luckily, I got in not knowing what happened with Robin and got in that day. Um, but it, you know, you have a lot of people who literally are, are in this because I want to buy shares. Who in the world, and it's happening, but it's like buying shares for 330 on what honestly is probably, but... That's the problem is stock is what you make it. This whole thing, this paper in general, it's an ideology. So someone said, you know, the fundamentals are wrong for all this and blah, blah, blah. Fine. But as one of the Redditors said, show me the fundamentals for this $160 million painting that one of these hedge fund managers, I think Mm -hmm. it was Steve Cohen, but one of these hedge fund managers bought. Like, where's the fundamentals for a $160 million painting? There isn't one. It's just all made up. Like, all this is fictitious and made up. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't I don't think this breaks our economy. I I hope not, but at the same time, I, it makes you wonder like what's going to happen after this? Is 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 this giving a voice to the everyday dude uh or or gal, whatever, but the everyday person who says, "Hey, you know, we're struggling to make ends meet here and you're you're so confident that you can bend, break and manipulate that you'll do something that's outrageously stupid." like short 40% more stock than even is available, you know, and you can get away with it. There should not be two two classes of rules for people. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm interested to see what happens when this when the fallout rains. Now, granted, not stock advice at all, but the other portion is these guys are selling off all this stock, so it's crashing the market. So, I mean, the smart money would be at some point is, you know, if you like some of these stocks that you liked before all this happened, if it's down 20%, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Skip the tendies for a few weeks, save up some dough, and pop in and buy, you know, buy something. But, mm-hmm. you know, not advice. I'm just saying that that that's the effect of this. So the effect, people are, are getting mad. It's not because they're getting mad because the little guy is winning, I don't think. I think the other part is it's having major, like, ripple effects because – in order for me to buy the longs to cover the shorts, I got to sell stuff that I shouldn't be selling. So the minute I start dumping stock, the price drops. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden, you know, everything's dropping around us because they're having to sell it when they wouldn't typically uh, to cover the shorts. So that's that's the other byproduct of all this. So Yeah. It's a weird time, man. It's uh it's I think it's great. It's a fantastic The problem is I have to get off Reddit. Like it is messing with my sleep. Um, it, I mean, I'm, I'm reading crap every day and, and so so this is your first time with Reddit then? Well, with that, with that forum, (laughs) not with Reddit, I can, it's the, it's the fact that you have so many people with so much invested that are literally treating it like a meme. I mean, you know, it's like you have the best, that sounds about right. Yeah. You have the best (laughs) meme writers of all of the interwebs, uh, you know, in one place and it's just like, yeah. I got ten thousand dollars to my name, and then then you just get emojis after that, mm-hmm. and comments like when they read something touching, it's like, you know, that made me shed a tear out of my lazy left Forrest Fisher or Forrest Whitaker <laughs> eye, and it's like, oh my gosh, like I can't take this. It's, yeah. it's insane. I mean, that's the best part to me though is it's it's so inspiring because it's like. You know, as, as someone who, you know, I worked incredibly hard to pay off my student debt very, very early, um, you know, and and I will never under undervalue how lucky I was in doing that because I remember graduating and looking at my student debt and thinking, like, I don't know how I'm ever going to to get out from under this. And then I see all of these screenshots of people's student loan accounts paid at zero. And, like, I can appreciate how absolutely life-changing that yep. is for someone. You know, for someone who works, you know, for, you know, 14, 15 bucks an hour to have paid off 40, 50 Gs in debt, you know, that had been sitting at 8% interest, you know. You know, they can afford to 
to live a, just a completely different lifestyle. Sure. Like this, this here broke the cycle of poverty in so many families. Well, for some, yeah. And I think the part of that is they, you know, the, the old saying, it takes money to make money. Mm-hmm. This was proving that true. It didn't even take a lot. Yeah. If you had 10 grand and you got in at, at, at five bucks, you're sitting pretty. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's the idea. And, and there, there's the meme of like, you know, you know, why don't poor people just invest their money? And then it's like the they do, and, and then all of a sudden, yeah, it's, he's get the rich people, and it's like you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, no, stop. <laughs> so there, there is that. There is certainly that aspect of it. Um, but you know, I am obviously I am on the side. Uh, I'm rooting for the the redditors. Mm-hmm. Um, Even Dave Ramsey, who hates day trading. He thinks it's like... But this wasn't a day trade, in fairness. It, it's not. These but people he, started back in like August. But his thing is like, people shouldn't do this. People should not like buy and trade socks because 80% of people that do it lose money. He's like, you're better off to just play the lottery or the slot machines. He's like, you probably shouldn't be doing that. But even Dave Ramsey was like, man, these guys sure are a fun bunch. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, and the, and the other part was this, in fairness to the lottery, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep touting the guy because you know you don't want it to be like oh well he's the leader blah 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 but the person who found this this anomaly out which is posted everywhere it's not hard to see it's public knowledge if you go on yeah i use e-trade or uh, i don't use e-trade i use uh, td ameritrade if you use td ameritrade it's you can see it clearly plain as day like what the short percentage is i mean it, it's just posted um so it you know it's it was a calculated risk, not like the lottery to me. I mean, this was a calculated. If I had known, you know, if I had had been back way in the summer on this, you know, it have, now the problem is, is would I have been able to have diamond hands? I don't know. Like if I bought it, at five I wouldn't bucks, have held the five hundred dollars. Well, if I was at five bucks and it went to a hundred, even that, I mean, that's that's serious money. I mean, the problem it gets to is when you can pay off like your house or you can pay off student. I mean, when you start thinking like, this is what I can do with this money. Um, that And you think you had a lot of guys with the old paper hands. Um, mm-hmm. Not everybody, but you had a lot. But then you had the guy, I don't know. I mean, there's one guy that has a crap ton of stock of this that was on that thread. Mm-hmm. And it's always if, if he's still holding, I'm still holding because he's the one that found it. He must know more than me. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. It's interesting. I I wish the apes all the best luck in the world. The one part, I, and I can't help it. I don't know if they don't understand. Uh, there was a pretty scathing, some scathing remarks about retail investors, about them, you know, not being smart, blah blah blah. Which is where this kind of to me the the apes and all this we're not very smart. We eat crowns, that type of thing. Right, yeah. Uh crayons, I'm sorry if you're not from Southern Ohio, it's crayons, but around here it's crayons. Um crayons. Crayons. So K R A And I don't know if that's where the idea that it's alt right and that people are white supremacists of the apes has zero to do with with remotely about skin color. This is about the, the it, it's the, about Perceived mental IQ of uh, retail investors, and you know, and I love it. I get, I love when someone has a big paragraph, especially right now, because you have a lot of people popping on that, that don't, you know, that are bots or spreading disinformation. It's always like too many words. Monkey only understand banana and hold. I mean, like those are the best parts. (laughs) Like it's, it's so good. Yeah, no, it's it's so funny because these these Wall Street guys are like these guys have no idea what they're doing. They're a bunch of you know just chimpanzees on a typewriter. But it's like. Bro, these guys are typing Shakespeare right now. But they don't. That's the problem is <laughs> is that Wall Street, in order to win this, they would have to amend their thinking, and I don't think they're able to do that. No. The problem is is that you you are assuming that these people want to make money and not just want to stick it to you. And that's the issue is that there's a large group of these folks that at this point it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. It is literally rocket emoji to the moon. And if we can't get to the moon then we're going to zero and we don't care mm-hmm. and we just want to make you bleed. Yeah. And I, I think that's no, you, no one can underestimate the power of vengeance no, or no. the motivation of vengeance, because that's what this is to them. Well, the problem is this, is that they care more about vengeance than they do about money. Mm-hmm. And wall street cares more about money than anything else. Yep. It's always, is this a good business decision? 
never about the emotion. So now you have this, which is a whole other study that should happen after this would be fantastic. But the emotional side of I'm doing something out of vengeance and emotion, you're making a decision out of what you know business-wise makes sense, and you're trying to put these two trains of thought, these two algorithms together, and it's it's gonna we're gonna see what what wins. So. Well, by the time this airs next week. It will be blowing up. Maybe, maybe, maybe it just maybe. keeps on. It, it, there's a shot that it just keeps on going. Yeah. As far as it, it's just a stalemate between bot buys and all this stuff, and and laddering and 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 people buying the dips. And I mean, you know, we could be sitting here next week, and it could be five hundred dollars a share, and everyone still rockets to the moon, mm-hmm. waiting. I mean, you know, everyone's like, ah, you know, set your set your limits at ten thousand. One thousand is not enough anymore. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I'm interested to see how this goes. Um, oh, this is fantastic. I think we need to do an episode more on like personal finance, too. Not that yeah. we're financial advisors, but it's... Lord, no. It's, I, don't, I don't want the responsibility of that. No. But, the only thing I'm going to advise you financially on is which bourbons to buy for a good price. That's that's the extent of my knowledge. That's so. it. Absolutely. All right, guys. So, Elijah Craig, small batch, 1789 at Three, a... 3.7. 3.7. Ryan, cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers, man.